Minimalistic Business Growth Podcast. I'm Jess Parvin, a web designer, branding expert, and business coach. Through my five-part holistic business growth process, I help confused, overwhelmed entrepreneurs find clarity and focus while starting or pivoting their business online so they can build a business and a life full of flexibility and freedom. In this podcast, I'll share with you mini coaching sessions as well as interviews with visionary entrepreneurs. We'll dig into a variety of topics, including branding, mindset, marketing, and much more. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to have with me my friend Jules, aka Julie McGill. Julie is a freelance attorney specializing in injury analysis, as well as an astrologer and founder of the Cosmic Gem brand. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was able to have a chart reading with Jules, and I'm really excited to uh, talk about all the things that she does in both of her careers. So welcome, Jules, to the podcast. Yay. Thanks for having <laughs> me, Jess. I was so excited to get the invite. Yeah. I think this is going to be such an interesting conversation. I mean, of course, everyone that I know, I mean, most people are really interested in astrology, even if they quote unquote, don't believe in it. Um, everyone's interested in astrology. And I think, so that's very juicy right there to talk about, but also your path of entrepreneurship, having the lawyer career going at the same time. Well, now it's at the same time as the astrologer career is really interesting to me. It's very left brain, right brain. Um, you know, we've talked about duplicity and um, variety as people with Gemini in our chart, which we'll talk about more. And so it's really interesting to uh, hear your story and how those two, you know, sides of you have, have worked together um, to create these, these two careers at the same time. Um, so why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about your, your journey, your your story, um, your path towards entrepreneurship, and how you discovered astrology. Sure. So just growing up, um, I, I was surrounded by some pretty interesting people. My mom had a great group of friends, and I felt like I was exposed to um, more probably like supernatural sort of ideas. There was a clairvoyant that was always at the Christmas party. And so I had my cards read for the first time when I was maybe 12 or so. And um, yeah, she just had a really eccentric group of friends when I was growing up. And so I was kind of filled with all these fantasies about what life could be like or what direction I wanted to go in. And so just that kind of exposure to maybe non-traditional spirituality or metaphysics really made a big impression on me. And also in my teenage years, I read a lot of Anne Rice who mm -hmm. wrote the vampire Chronicles and um, she made a huge impact on my life. And she's kind of the hero of the weirdos. <laughs> and, and I found that I, I felt like I fit in as she talked about supernatural concepts and witches and werewolves and vampires. And she's really all over the map in terms of what she's written about. But there was something in those figures and in the paranormal that really resonated with me and that felt like that was home for me somehow, some way. Fast forward many years when I started studying astrology and deep diving into what that would mean for me and my life path in a way that was more a hobby. I've had tarot cards, again, since I was a 
13, 14 years old, I got my first packet tarot card. So Mm -hmm. I've always been into alt spirituality or whatever you would call it. I'm also interested in lots of different religions and philosophies and, you know, life approaches. So I've read a lot, but didn't really discover what astrology would be for me until much later. Mm-hmm. So I I really did have an interesting path through school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And in fact, it was really painful. Mm-hmm. Just looking back now at all the different things that I've tried over the years and mm-hmm. how lost I was, even until five, six years ago, I was, I, you know, I can still look back and think, wow, you know, I did such a good job of continuing to put one foot in front of the other, even though I had no idea what it was I was doing with my life, but I kept going, you know? And so in the meantime, I had my undergrad degree was in fashion merchandising. That was after I had changed majors five times. I started (laughs) as a theater major. I went to psychology. I was all over the map. Right. And I have the brain power to do, you know, whatever it is I want. I'm, I'm really confident. I'm a good learner but I just didn't know I had no direction. Mm -hmm. So I got my fashion merchandising degree, continued bartending, did not want to go work retail. I saw that's what all my call, you know, my classmates were doing. So I got this wild idea. I was partying with a friend one night who said, you should go to law school. And I (laughs) thought, Oh, maybe I'll do that. I mean, it was, it was no deeper than that. I just needed a next step. And so my first day of law school, I told my mentor, she asked, like, we had this mentor group and she asked everyone to say something that would surprise everyone. And I said, Mm -hmm. I'll probably never practice law. (laughs) And they all looked at me like this girl's nuts, you know, (laughs) but I didn't know what I was doing other than learning more, other than trying to be exposed to more things and, and figure it out. And so I did well in law school. I w- did a clerkship at two different law firms and discovered real quick that I marched to my own drummer and there was no way firm life was for me. Mm-hmm. So at the time I was dating a man who was an entrepreneur And it suddenly became part of my reality that I could practice law and I could do it my own way. Mm -hmm. And I've never looked back from there. I think the only employment I've ever had was as a bartender. And I loved working in the restaurant industry. I mean, I think that's the place where you realize that if you bust your butt and if you go the extra mile, it pays off, Mm -hmm. you know. And I always wanted to be in control of the reward at the end of the day, you know, and kind of be able to be, you know, my eccentric, authentic self and, and kind of make my own rules. So I went into, to the practice of law solo from the get go. And that's been its own journey. You know, what would my niche become? Because my strength was research and writing. And so I would be I would be hired by firms who did everything. I mean, bankruptcy, personal injury, um, contract law, business mm-hmm. development. But, you know, I would be hired for things that were just really all over the map. And so my specialty was getting into like these little niches that professionals who specialize in something couldn't figure out. They gave it to me. 
Mm-hmm. And here I am new in that area of law, but they're asking me to figure out something they can't figure out. So wow. it, it it was quite a path to take. And at that point, I would have considered myself, I guess, a researcher, mm-hmm. a writer and researcher. I would ghostwrite a lot of briefs um, for attorneys who didn't like writing or that wasn't their strong suit. You know, a lot of attorneys love going into court and doing, you know, oral argument and verbal battle and like mm-hmm. all the fun things that the big, you know, attorney all the personalities. Attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They love it. Right. Mm-hmm. Not me. I, you know, I, I like to dig into the details and like craft a really beautiful argument on paper. And that's what I was good at. So I was always working behind the scenes and, you know, now I've, I've gotten to where I do mostly medical record review, mm-hmm. but even, you know, that was all a journey getting to where I am now, going through a series of regular clients who would eventually want to hire me full time. Mm-hmm. And I would you say, no, no, that's just not what I'm aiming for, you know? Yeah. So then that client would fall off because they would hire someone to replace me. So it was kind of a, a cycle that I went through with quite a few clients mm-hmm. and yeah, building up this, this legal career. It's been 12 years now. And I've finally gotten to the place where I have like good roots in that. And I have really solid clients and I know who I am and I have a really strong identity and presence in their firm Mm -hmm. that feel like I can't be replaced. Mm -hmm. You know, you really can't hire someone to replace me because I've really specialized in this, but it took me 12 years to get here. And um, all along the way, I was looking elsewhere. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted something more. You know, I thought I would love to leave my legal career behind. I don't Mm want to do this. There's more. There's something I'm passionate about. I do great legal work, but I do (laughs) not feel passionate about anything to do with practicing law. And so that was also a struggle because it's like um, here I am like trying to create an identity in something that doesn't really resonate with me on that like juicy, deep, like passionate sort of level. And so enter astrology mm-hmm. about, you know, six years ago. And I did about two years of going deep into astrology. And at that point in my life, I found it because I had reached just rock bottom in terms of always grasping Mm. Always grasping at life and trying to figure out, like, what am I here for? What am I really supposed to do? And I didn't feel like practicing law was it. And so astrology started helping me understand myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and it saved my life. Like, that's not an understatement. Like, I do wonder, would I be here if it wasn't for astrology? Like, to, to have, you know, to be smart and to have the ability to do what you want and not be able to find your place was just incredibly painful. Mm. So astrology changed my life. Then astrology started showing me why I'm not happy doing one thing. Mm-hmm. Practicing law will never be enough for me. I've done so many side gigs. I have um, a license in cosmetic laser procedures. I have a license in cosmetic tattooing. I've flipped houses. I've owned a small percentage in several restaurants. I've, um, I tried to do like a healthy vending machine Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. sort of deal with a partner. I mean, you name it, I've done it. Like I've mm-hmm. always been grasping for something more and astrology was it. And it helped me understand why I was looking for something more and it became the something more. Wow. And I thought if astrology can literally pull the strings of my life together and let everything make sense. Mm-hmm. Why am I not paying that forward? Like, why would I not want to gift that to the whole world? Like we have this tool that is marginalized by society. That is like considered the, one of my favorite astrologers, he calls it the golden standard of superstition, <laughs> right? Like you believe, you don't believe you're a smart girl. You don't believe in no. this stuff, do yeah. you? Right. Like those, those are the types of things you hear. So, mm. but at the end of the day, people who really look into astrology and study astrology know that, wow, like this is a tool hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. And because the world is how it is right now, and we have so much freedom in deciding what we want to do with our lives, that can be hard. Like freedom is hard to deal with. That is questions to answer. You know, that is having to find direction and astrology is so good because it can help us find direction and find a way to, you know, make use of our freedom and and figure out what type of, of path might really work for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's the, um, there's a word for it, but the, the conundrum around having too many choices, like they've done happiness studies and people in like America, for example, who have so many choices, like when we're shopping, like at the grocery store, it actually leads to like stress and anxiety versus living in a country where you have like a small grocery store with less options. And that's an interesting um, parallel to bring into just how our, I mean, our generation, people younger than us, and maybe a little bit older than us, like we have this opportunity for the first time in history to really do whatever we want and to create whatever kind of career we want, especially now with the internet, it is vast and overwhelming. Um, but, and, and it's exciting because people like you and I can make a living or have a side hustle doing what we love relatively easy. Like in the olden days, you would have had to, I don't know, buy a storefront and set up shop as a professional astrologer. And you probably couldn't balance that with the law very well, but thanks to the power of the internet, um, now you can do both. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about making that, like when you started doing astrology professionally and was there like a moment or like a phase where you had to sort of come out of the closet, especially to your, you know, clients and law lawyer friends about being an astrologer. <laughs> I love that. It, there, there is a, a, a sense of that for sure. And, you know, I, I was raised in a Catholic family as well. My mom's brother, my uncle is a Catholic priest. We also have a cousin who is a Catholic priest I have family members on both sides of my family who work in the Catholic church. So just from a, you know, family perspective, I didn't take for granted that this is something that's going to be easy for people to embrace. And that's okay. You know, it it was okay with me. I guess I, I do have this sense of being different, of feeling a little bit like a black sheep 
And so I'm used to it. <laughs> I've, I've always felt different. And it's like, well, if I feel different, I might as well be different because what difference does it make? You know, I've, mm-hmm. I feel different even when I'm not doing anything that's like outwardly making me stand out or making me appear eccentric. So yeah, I, I really didn't think twice. Um, it was like, okay, I'm going to put my Facebook page out now and, you know, call myself an astrologer and see what happens. And I remember exactly where I was sitting. I was in my mother's kitchen when I did it. And, you know, it was (laughs) one of those moments that, um, there was a little bit of maybe anxiousness about it, not so much feeling fearful, but a little bit of anxiousness and, um, just thinking, well, here I go. Yeah. I mean, I think all entrepreneurs feel that, uh, at a certain point. Yeah. And, but your story just really like highlights that. I mean, for me, I can totally identify. I also remember when I sort of launched my personal brand, my website, and like I had been doing design for many years, I'd had a real job for all of like two years or less and then freelancing, but it was like, yeah, I wasn't like, this is me. This is what I do. This is, you know, here's my website. Here's my brand. Um, and when I launched that, it was like a little bit nerve wracking, but I can't even imagine like the difference between that and, and you coming from a background as a lawyer, you know, this, we've talked about how, like, you know, how different society can look at careers, like, you know, being a lawyer versus being an astrologer and how people could be, you know, just, um, judgmental. And so you're coming from that place of like having the, the, you know, acceptable job. That's like literally one of the two jobs that all parents want their kids to have, right. Doctor or lawyer. And then you're like launching this where people like, Oh, that's cute. What a nice little like side business or like what a fun hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Really that, that is, that is the impression. And, Mm. you know, I catch myself on occasion when people ask me, like, what do you do? Yeah. And I, I I will say both. And, Mm -hmm. and for, you know, now I, I always say both, but for a long time, I would say one or the other and people's reactions are just incredibly different. I bet, you know, there is this just widespread misunderstanding or lack of understanding about astrology and what it is. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're used to saying, I'm an attorney, and that automatically gives you this kind of, well, let's not say everyone likes attorneys either. So. <laughs> no, I'm saying parents want their kids to be attorneys, but they don't. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There, there are plenty of jokes of, about, about attorneys. Yeah. So, um, right. but anyway, yeah, there is this kind of instant, I guess, respect mm-hmm. that comes with telling someone that you've done that. And, and I understand why that is. I mean, it, it's not easy to earn a law degree and practicing law is not an easy profession. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we've had a lot of suicides in the astrology com- community. I mean, I'm sorry, in the, the, um, the legal community. And so we're the, wow. even the legal community now is getting really into wellness. So I've been loving continuing wow, education lately because mm-hmm. we're into meditation and all the things now. So great. I think the whole world is kind of like opening up and becoming more aware about 
you know, wellness and self-help and mindfulness and all of these like beautiful mm-hmm. things that I think astrology is a great complement to. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, but again, there is just this big difference in telling someone I'm an attorney versus telling someone I'm an astrologer and just even wondering as well, of course, I'm, I'm Facebook friends and linked on social media with my own clients, my own legal clients. And you think, mm-hmm. what are they thinking? Yeah. What do they think when I put myself out there in this way? Like, how do they feel when they show up to a deposition with me as their sidekick? And it's Mm -hmm. like, I got this kind of like whimsical girl with me who's also (laughs) an astrologer. And yeah, Yeah. it's, um, it's quite a paradox, but as we had talked about, um, right before we started recording, there is a lot of ways that astrology and my legal career have complemented each other really beautifully. Mm-hmm. And so that's unfolded pretty nicely as well. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. And like, logistically, how do you balance both? I mean, they're just in very different buckets. Like how, what does your time look like and, and how do you make it work? So I just talking about how these two, um, fields of work and complement one another first, I find myself when I'm reading a natal chart and when I'm working with a client that I have a really, really nice skill of storytelling and Mm -hmm. of taking a lot of data and compressing it down. And that's what the practice of law is all about. I mean, when you're a writer and researcher, you're taking a bunch of diverse set of facts and trying to weave that into a story. I mean, think about what an attorney does when they stand up in front of a judge and a jury and they give an opening opening argument. And it's like, how can I make sense of all of these facts and bring them together in like a story that all goes together and is believable and makes sense. That's what doing an astrology chart is like looking at all of these planetary placements and all of these peculiar peculiarities about your personal design and weaving that story with them and bringing them all together. And, and so it, it does work. And, you know, when you're an attorney as well, a lot of what you're doing is explaining things. Mm -hmm. When I write a brief, I'm explaining to the judge, this is how a toilet functions. Mm-hmm. The judge doesn't know how a toilet functions, mm-hmm. but let's say we're doing a products liability case for a toilet. I'm explaining the inner workings of a toilet and I'm saying, and this is what went wrong and so on and so forth. Right. Wow. So the whole practice of law is really about explaining a lot of facts and a lot of comp- concepts and compressing them down into mm-hmm. like one, one story. And so that that's exactly what doing charts has been for me. And I think that I've learned a lot of presentation skills and explanation skills and being able to integrate different things together that has been really useful in doing chart work with astrology. I uh, hate to interrupt myself, but I just wanted to jump in here for a minute to tell you about the Holistic Business Plan course. This is my signature course that walks you through the five-part framework that I've used to help hundreds of entrepreneurs start or grow successful online businesses. In the course, we talk about your vision for the next phase of your business and how to reach those goals, the mindset shifts you need to make to grow your business, strategic and visual branding essentials, 
creating a great website to pull everything together, and finally, the marketing strategy essentials that will be the most valuable use of your time and money. The course really focuses on how to integrate all of these parts holistically to create a business that fits your ideal lifestyle. So if you're just starting an online business, or you're feeling overwhelmed, or like you've been spinning your wheels, this course will help you find clarity and direction to create tangible action steps to take towards reaching your goals. You can check it out on my website, jessparvin.com, under courses. That's the holistic business plan. And listeners of the podcast get a special 25% discount on the course for a limited time. Just use the coupon code ABUNDANT at checkout. That's all capital letters, A-B-U-N-D-A-N-T. Okay, now back to the episode. So most days I spend my time half and half more or less, and I'll do legal work in the morning and astrology in the afternoon and evening. And over the past couple of years, I've gotten some handle on what to expect in terms of what's coming in with my legal work. You know, I've really grown some roots there and, and am able to juggle these two things pretty nicely. There are days where I do all astrology, you know, there are days when I do only legal work, Mm -hmm. but the days that I do both, it really breaks out into kind of a four or five hours of this and four or five hours of that. And I do of course work at night sometimes and on the weekends sometimes. And that's just all been about, you know, time management for me, energy management, knowing when I need to take a break, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that as I build my astrology practice, I have to be really mindful about what I am posting online, because if I'm posting something that I expect will get at least a reading or two booked, do Mm -hmm. I have time to do that right now? Right. And so I'm really strategic and thoughtful with every single post I make. And you know, that's one place I feel like I'm still falling short is just my social media presence. But, you know, when you're, when you have two entrepreneurships going on at one time, I really have to slow myself down and be okay with building my astrology practice as I can. Mm -hmm. And I know that another astrologer in my position who was not practicing law would have their Instagram account looking great, would have their Facebook account looking great, would probably be sending more emails than I send. (laughs) But I can only do so much. And if I add one thing in at a time, it's, it's much easier. And I've noticed that if I just add one thing in and I do that for a few months, Mm -hmm. it will become like more like a habit. And then it's like, Oh wait, I can add something new in. So let me start doing more, more posts on social media. Right. So we have this idea of all the things we're supposed to be doing as entrepreneurs to reach our audience. And for me, I just can't. And I have to be okay with that. And I have to just trust the universe having my back and I'm going to be exposed to the right people and it's going to grow at the pace that's right for me. And, you know, even getting to the point where I'd sent out my two monthly newsletters was a Mm -hmm. big deal. And I knew, I knew for a year, it's like, Jules, you need to be doing your newsletters. If you're Mm -hmm. not doing anything, do your newsletters. And then I heard from the outside someone say, 
you know, you really don't email with any regularity. And like my, I felt heartbroken because <laughs> it's like, I know, I know. I know. Well, so that's like, probably a good sign that they were, they noticed that <laughs> they wanted to hear from you more often. I think, you know, most people are like, oh, you email too much. I'm getting spammed by all of your, you know, <laughs> business emails. But people want your emails. I'll just give it a plug for Jules's email newsletter and we'll we'll mention it at the end and in the show notes how to sign up. But she, even though they're not super free frequent, once or twice a month, right? Twice a month, they're great. Month, yeah. And they are really juicy. I mean, I'm really impressed with the amount of work you put into those emails and the amount of free information you give. I mean, really, it's a lot um for anybody, even the least bit interested in astrology, anyone who's new to astrology, the emails, you know, make a lot of sense. Like she explains things really well. You'll get a a really um, good feeling for what's going on in the stars at that moment. And so I love reading your emails. I'm sure they have a much higher open rate than most of my clients or, you know, most people's um, business emails because they're so interesting. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I put a lot of, like, I pour myself into those. You know, mm-hmm. I really do, but, but they're helpful. And I do get a lot of messages back and texts and phone calls and yeah. um, emails. And I think, I think, I hope that's how I'm different as an astrologer is making astrology make sense. Like helping that be someone's actual advantage in life Yeah. versus, oh, you might have a hard day at work today. You mm-hmm. know, be careful when you talk to your boss or whatever you would you know, whatever we saw horoscope columns look like in the past, (laughs) you know, now it's about, Oh, what, what is the energy really doing and how can I lean into it in the best, most positive way? What, what do I say? Yes. With, you know, yes to with the current astrology, what's the most powerful use of this energy? You know, I say, it's just like a farmer Mm -hmm. farmer knows how to use the seasons. And the rest of us humans are like not in sync mm-hmm. and not prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, so I had a, a reading with you, a natal chart reading last week, which was very in-depth and very insightful. And yes, I think your strength, what, what really struck me is how you create like a story around it for, for people. Like it wasn't just like, okay, here's your, um, you know, here are the planets where they were when you were born. And here's what that means. It was like a very curated, like sort of, here's what I see about you after looking at your chart and then sort of working backwards, um, through the specifics. Um, so I thought that was really interesting how, how it, it explained to me, like, like in your own story, it explained to me why I am the way I am and how maybe I can like harness that, um, you know, to my advantage, having these certain aspects of my chart. Would you, for anyone who's not super uh, familiar with astrology or who's never had their chart read, you know, or they, they just know maybe their sun sign and sort of the basics of astrology, would you give us a little insight into what a reading looks like and, and all the um, most important aspects of a birth chart? Sure. So what a birth chart is, is a map of all of the planets and their exact location at the moment a person took their first breath. Mm. So when we say I'm a Gemini or I'm a Leo or I'm a Cancer, I'm a Virgo, what we're really saying is that the sun in the sky 
was in that particular sign. So what you're telling someone else is your sun sign. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a tiny snippet of what astrology really tells a person. So I'm also asking, where was the horizon point? What was the highest point above the earth? Like, was, were there any planets there? What was in the, what was underneath of the earth? What couldn't be seen? What was hidden? Mm -hmm. You know, where was the moon, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, Sat? Like, where were all of those planets? What angles were they making to each other? Were they speaking to each other? Were they interfering with how, you know, the other planet operates? Were they blending together? Is there... Is there a natural harmony? Are they supportive of one another? Are they in conflict? Is this creating a dynamic inside the person that kind of has them split and going two different ways? You know, are, are they battling to, to serve this particular set of values in their life? And at the same time, how, how do I also honor this piece of myself mm -hmm. at the same time I honor that piece of myself? So we're just very complex individuals. And that's what astrology really does is looking at our very complex human design and our psyche. And when I look at a chart, not only are we talking about the personality, you know, what, what, what is the personality? What is the makeup of this person's psyche? What's happening even on unconscious levels? Can we bring that to the surface and really look at it, mm -hmm. you know, so we can make wiser choices. And that's what a, a birth chart reading is all about is again, looking at the personality, looking at the psyche, looking at the unconscious and how is that unfolding in a person's life? Where do particular pieces of your personality show up? Do they show mm -hmm. up at work? Do they show up at relationships? Do they show up when you're dealing with money? You know, where, where do those pieces of self, where do those patterns come from? They come from your astrology chart. Mm -hmm. And, and I always tell people that I don't care what sort of belief system you've adopted for yourself. I don't care what religion you um, subscribe to. Knowing that I can look at an astrology chart and sign on to Zoom with a complete stranger and talk to them about some of their deepest issues tells me that the system we live in is so magnificent mm -hmm. and is so mind-blowing that how is there not God? How is there not source, right? So I think some people think that you know, astrology is something that cannot be in addition to another belief system that they already have. And so something that's really important for me in my practice is honoring that any client has their own belief system. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I present astrology in a way that is consistent with that, you know, and honors that. So that's, that's really important to me, but um, the chart says so much about our destiny and our life path. Mm -hmm. And it's so comforting to be seen the way we can be seen when we have our chart read. I've had my chart read and I felt it, it made me like emotional because I thought, I don't feel like anyone's ever looked at me that way before. Mm. And it felt just like really comforting. Like I just, I really felt seen when I had that experience 
So there's something really comforting about who you are. And I I think that gives us a lot of freedom to be authentic because it's like, wait, I was born to be this person. Yeah. There's nothing else for me to be like, can I dig deeper? Can I be more of me? You know, and regardless if we're showing up at an office or we're an entrepreneur, if we're not showing up as our whole self, you are not attracting your value. You're not making as much money as you can make. You're not as happy as you can be because most of us show up to our job or to our relationship with only pieces of ourselves that we feel like are acceptable. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of astrology is like, wait, what about this piece? What about that piece? How can we integrate those pieces in what you're doing in a positive way, in a constructive way? And then all of a sudden you see life showing you back your real value because you're showing up as your whole self. And I think for all of us, there are pieces of ourselves that we would rather like box up and put in the, in the basement, Mm -hmm. you know, or like not deal with, but once And we use astrology to look at those pieces of self. I can actually help a person come up with ideas on how to honor that piece of self, how to bring that piece of self into their relationship, into their work, into their entrepreneurship, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, like the pieces of life start falling together. Like the puzzle is, is being pieced together really beautifully. And we can really manifest as we all want to do these days, right? We can all like attract our worth. And so, you know, astrology is, is just really great. I think for helping us become our best self, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all about mastery of the self and living one's truth yes. like 100 percent, not 85 not 90 not like I'm almost there but and, and, and that's a journey that's a that's a continue continued journey for me and for all of my clients and for other astrologers other entrepreneurs everyone mm-hmm. you know um yeah absolutely it's but, interesting I'm thinking of like um you know, my, the way I like coach clients and work with clients is usually through the lens of branding. And I see how, uh, well, astrology kind of reminds me of branding and, and it could complement branding. It's like the, that, that, like you said, getting to the bottom of like who you are and what are your like unique gifts that you can bring into the world and really like bringing all of that. Like I try to pull that out of clients when they're creating a personal brand or when they're marketing themselves, you know, and again, we live in this, world now with the, with the internet and, um, the availability of, um, you know, the availability to work however we want and to be entrepreneurs and to be multi-passionate entrepreneurs and to share all of ourselves, um, if we choose to in a way that really can like create an authentic, unique statement, which to me is what branding the, you know, at the heart, it's like the best branding is like really authentic and unique and like hundred percent that person, putting themselves into their business and yeah, sharing that with people. It's really cool. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head there. And and I had some similar thoughts just recently about how astrology and branding can go so well together because, 
you know, astrology is kind of like the toolbox we can dig into and say, like, what are some of the key words Mm -hmm. that describe Mm -hmm. your voice, you Mm -hmm. know, that describe who you are as a different graphic designer or, you know, yoga teacher, whatever it is that you're doing, like, what is your unique voice? And that comes through so powerfully in the natal chart that those two, um, you know, fields of work could come together really nicely. Yeah. I would call those brand pillars, (laughs) you know, you would call them like personal values or personality traits. Um, yeah, it's all kind of the same thing. So, I mean, for me, the intersection of like personal development and growth and experimentation with business is what I find really fascinating. Right. So like doing the personal development work, um, continually asking like, how am I showing up authentically? How am I creating um, the business and the lifestyle that I want and helping other people do that? And just having tools like astrology is so, so valuable um, in our life journey and in for a lot of us in our entrepreneurial journey, because yeah, it's all, it's all kind of different versions of the same thing, like trying to find our, our unique voice and express that. Right. right. So cool. So you just, speaking of branding, you just rebranded and launched a new website and changed the name of your business to the Cosmic Gem. Uh, How was that experience? (laughs) Thrilling, Thrilling. um, long, (laughs) tedious, and and it has everything to do with with what we were just talking about. I mean, when I started, yeah, when I started my astrology business originally... Um, I liked my name. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was catchy. It had meaning to me. It had no meaning to my audience. Mm -hmm. And I know that you talk a lot about the things you wish you would have done differently (laughs) when you were building your brand. And, and that's one of the things, but we can only be where we are, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, that's where I was at. And I, I don't think I was fully aware of how important it was for me to speak to my audience in a way that would have some sort of meaning or impact or relevance. So my original business name was Eighth House. Mm-hmm. And at first I used Eighth House Astrology, then I used Eighth House Guidance. Mm-hmm. And so the Eighth House in astrology relates to transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, it relates to life after death. It relates to rebirth, you know, what happens after we finish a phase of our life and we, you know, we're being born into something new, which is happening all the time, right? We we quit jobs. We have relationships that don't work out. We have friends and family who die. We have, you know, we go through all of these experiences that are like really a reset point in our life. And so the eighth house reference was all about how do we become stronger? Like how do we blossom? Right. Like even when a rose blossoms, like those rose petals were stuck together. Right. And it's the breaking Mm -hmm. that, that, that creates this beautiful rose, which is like the epitome of beauty. Right. And so that's the idea behind the eighth house. Like what does the breaking Mm. break open? 
you're not broken. You're broken open. Like, and so that's what the eighth house reference was about, but people don't know that. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of explanation. What? (laughs) What? Yeah. Like even ask any astrologer, like explain the eighth house to me and they'll like fumble (laughs) over their words because it's a concept that we don't think a whole lot about. Mm -hmm. And so how in the world can I put that out into a culture who really just doesn't have any frame of reference for astrology at all? Mm-hmm. And so the cosmic gem is a name that I came up with after months and months of, of thinking. And it just felt so good to me on so many levels. We could, mm-hmm. you know, I could record a whole podcast just going into the meaning <laughs> of it, but it doesn't even matter because I thought to myself, I feel like that's a name that makes a person feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the word gem. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a diamond. Yeah, diamond in the rough. Yeah. It's valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, so even just the word gem by itself is just packed with so much um positivity, at least in my point of view, that it's like, oh, that's that's an intriguing word. Like that mm-hmm. goes well in the business name, you know? And, yeah. And cosmic. I mean, we 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 are all universal diamonds. Like that's Mm -hmm. what we are. And so I thought, I'm sure my business name would make more sense after I explain it to people, but at least the words in themselves have some frame of reference and will make a person feel something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it sounds like a, I mean, using the word cosmic, I feel like makes people think of astrology pretty quickly. So that helps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great. So it, yeah, it was, a, it was really me finding my own voice. That's what rebranding was all about. It was creating a website, a name, an identity that was different, mm-hmm. not just some other astrology website. Oh, here's another astrologer. I wanted it to be really powerful. I know who this person is. Mm-hmm. I know where she's coming from. I know she can help me because my life path has been as sorted as hers and I can't pull all the strings together and nothing seems to make sense. And I'm still wandering and whatever else it is, you know, a person may find themselves. If they come to my website, I'm your girl. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, that's, that was it. That's what branding was all about was coming up with a name that really had some sort of resonance, even, even if someone doesn't know me and then creating a really strong and specific voice mm-hmm. on my, you know, website that that's what rebranding was all about. Yeah. It really does reflect you. I love that. It's, um, you know, hiring an astrologer, similarly to hiring like a business coach, you want to trust the person, right? Especially if it's an astrologer that you might work with more than once, um, that you might do multiple readings with, like it it is a very personal relationship. It's pretty intimate too. I mean, you get to know people on a really deep level really quickly, you know, even if, I mean, even if you're just looking at your, their chart, that's one thing, but then also having a conversation with them about their chart, I'm sure that leads to some pretty, um, big, deep conversations and, and revelations. So yeah, you need to, you know, put yourself out there a little bit so that people know you and trust you. Yeah, it was, um, it was interesting as well, just to put more things about my own sexuality and my own like relationship history on my side as well, because one of the audiences that I also have a strong connection with 
is non-traditional relationship mm-hmm. styles, mm-hmm. which is a really big segment of our age group because mm-hmm. we were all born with Pluto and Libra, which is again, a whole different conversation, <laughs> but, but you know, traditional marriage doesn't work for everyone. And even people who are in a traditional monogamous marriage, their life setup, like, you know, the structure, what -hmm. does our home life look like? Do we travel without each other? How much alone time do we have? Like all of these things are very specific to each person and our age group with Pluto and Libra you know, we are rebirthing relationships. We are giving form to new relationship structures that have never existed before. And that's also kind of an overwhelming prospect, you know? And so um, I feel really passionate about people who practice polyamory or people who, for instance, even want to get married and not cohabitate. Like, I don't care what your flavor of non-traditional is. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to talk about. And so I had to put myself out there on my website to say like, Hey, I'm your safe person. Like, I don't care what your lifestyle is. You can talk to me about it because we're here trying to figure out how to make it work for you, you know? Mm So I, yeah, I, I put it all out there and and I got a text from mom. She's like, well, there was a few (laughs) things on your website that were surprising. (laughs) Oh gosh. She was a harder critic, your parents or your law uh, colleagues. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely the law colleagues. I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky that my parents support me. I I've, Mm -hmm. I've shocked my mother to death many, many times, but she, uh, keeps loving me anyway. Oh. But, but yeah, you, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think that's, that's really important is like us being able to really put ourselves out there and say, Hey, this is who I am. Yeah. Because that's how people connect with you. That's how people find you and, and, and get that resonance that says, Oh, I'm going to, you know, send this person an email or check out their website or whatever else. And this goes back to what we were talking about when we only put 80%, 85% of ourselves out there whatever portion of ourselves we think is like acceptable Mm -hmm. or normal enough or isn't going to ruffle feathers or whatever, that's what we get back. Right. And the amount of satisfaction and money and everything else. Yeah. Good call. I mean, and we've, we've heard the term, you know, when you try to satisfy everybody, you don't satisfy anybody or when you try to please everybody, you know, I think about that a lot with, with branding and a business. Like if you're trying to create a brand that appeals to everybody then you're not going to have, you're not going to build a tribe. You're not going to find like really loyal people who like really resonate with you on a deep level and will follow you no matter what you're doing. You know, there's just, it's just not the same as putting yourself out there and finding people who really resonate with that and, you know, have something in common with you and really trust you because you've put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, I've read so many of your blog posts and it, it, it was really helpful for me. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it was you because there's no, no other like branding experts that I've, I've followed, but it was like, did you say like one out of three people should say that your price is too high or something like that in yeah. your articles? Yeah. I think I, it was like, um, 60, no, I can't remember the percentages, like 60%, 40% rule or something. Like if, okay. if you're putting out proposals and about 40% of people come back and say, this is too expensive. Great. 
perfect. If a hundred percent come back and say you're too expensive, then your prices are too high. If a hundred percent come back and say, yeah, absolutely. I want to work with you. Then your prices are too low, right? Like you got to find that sweet spot. Um, yeah. And it's the same with everything. Like if you yeah, are appealing to everybody, you're not, you're actually not going to get as many diehards who are like, yes, sign, sign on the dotted line. They're just going to be like, oh, this is nice. And I'll consume some free content and yada, yada. But when you're a little bit subversive maybe, or, you know, you put things out there that, you know, everyone's not going to agree with fine. It's 40% of people are, are going to maybe pass and 60% of people or whatever the percentages are really going to resonate and be like, sign me up. I'll, you know, I'll pay whatever, because this person, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. And this is going to, you know, change my life. So yeah. Yeah. And, and if that's scary, just as an entrepreneur to like focus your target market down, like when we start out, we really do think we're catching more fish by casting a, a, a broader net, but it's like, no, because you're not, your net is not made for, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of fear that goes into that though, narrowing down our focus and like putting our voice out there. And, and I've, I felt the same way. It's like, yeah. well, if I'm speaking like really clearly, then does that mean some people decide I'm not the astrologer for them? Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, that's yeah. part of being an entrepreneur too. It's like being okay with rejection or being okay with not pleasing everyone. I mean, that's been really important for me in my like life's journey is like having I'm sure it's somewhere in my chart, like having those, that like people pleasing tendency and, and yet, um, right. It's in Libra, right. We talked about how yeah. I have this very strong <laughs> Libra presence and a very strong Aries presence. So there's a yes. little bit of a conflict there. Like I really want to please people and I'm really opinionated and have really strong personal mm-hmm. independent sort of, uh, tendencies. So yeah, it's been really important for me and in, in my entrepreneurial journey to be okay with, some people saying you're too expensive or I don't like your work, you know, your style, or I'm going to go with a different designer. Great. Fine. Like those are my people. Right. And we can't, I can't work for everybody. I can't, you know, I can't please everybody. So we have to kind of accept that and, and uh, use that as like, you know, fuel to continue to go deeper into ourselves and into like our work and our relationships with our clients and hone in more and more and more on who, is perfect for, for us, you know, what kind of clients are perfect for us. Right. The journey. And of course that, that perfect client will pay more too, right? Yeah, because totally. there's there, when you're a perfect fit, it, you're irreplaceable. Right. And money is like, less important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we could just talk for hours and hours because I find uh, astrology so fascinating and your story so fascinating, but why don't we wrap up with a little bit, uh, about what's, what's happening in the stars, maybe in the next, in the next few months, if you want to give us a little sneak peek at what's going on. Sure. So that that's a, that's a Pandora's box, right? (laughs) I mean, just, just the astrology for the past few years, Mm -hmm. um, astrologers all knew something big was coming in 2020. And in fact, like that was kind of a gateway to me expanding my practice because I had talked to clients about it. I had done workshops where I talked about 2020 and all of a sudden I started getting texts. We went into quarantine. It's like, wait a minute, Jules, you were talking (laughs) about this. It's like, yeah, I was. (laughs) Um, So 
a lot of what's been happening just over the recent past, we've been having a Saturn Uranus square happening the last couple years, really. Um, and Saturn is the planet that's about tradition mm. and the structures we've built, mm-hmm. right? Like, what does your country look like? What are the social welfare programs? What does work look like? Do most people go to an office every day? You know, do most people bill by the hour? You know, all of the ways that we kind of take for granted that is the structure of our life. Where do you get health care? All of these, you know, these again, structures that create the foundation for the existence that we live. That's Saturn. Mm-hmm. It's traditional. It's the past. It's what's been built. Uranus doesn't care. <laughs> Uranus is progressive. It's revolutionary. It's rebellious. It, you know, wants to, to make progress and it wants to move forward and it wants to break free out of the old structure so that we can do more, so that we can do better, so that we can advance into the future. So whereas Saturn's the past, and it has value because it gives us, you know, the the stability, the certainty in our life. Mm -hmm. Uranus has been challenging that. And we've seen it everywhere. A lot of law firms are letting their employees work from home now because they have no other choice. And if there is any profession in the world (laughs) that is rooted in tradition and structure, it's the legal field. We go into court and we cite case law from 1903. (laughs) We were still in like horses and buggies in 1903, but we're still using that case law to like solve property dispute, right? It's crazy. The the legal field didn't (laughs) want to let people work from home. It doesn't want to like release its grip. It wants Mm. to have control. It wants to have the structure. It wants to know that its attorneys are going to show up every day and the paralegals are going to be there. And we're going to take that brief on paper over to the courthouse and file it. And they're going to stamp it with some things, but that's not reality anymore. Yeah. It took a global pandemic (laughs) to shake that up. That's exactly what happened. Like the pandemic is like Uranus coming along and and you know, skyrocketing us into the future in all the places we were stuck. And so there's a lot of areas of challenge right now. And, and Saturn Uranus, you know, aspects in the sky usually cause polarization. And we see that in politics right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like people are highly polarized, even with the pandemic and mask wearing and everything. So that's, what's been going on. Like we have this push into the future that's trying to help us advance and it's really challenging the structures in which we live Mm -hmm. you know the big companies government agencies they're really under a lot of pressure right now to keep up with how fast we're changing Mm -hmm. and so right now we're just really at a crisis point and seeing kind of like the past and the future colliding and and how do we integrate change while not like throwing out the baby with the bathwater? You know, so that's, that's really what the last couple of years have been characterized by Mm -hmm. that, you know, that particular transit. And that's really still lingering through 2022. And we will have some more highlights of that later on in the year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we never know as astrologers, like what particular 
facts or events or situations might crop up. We only know the flavor of it and Mm -hmm. what's trying to happen. And so if we can just like take a step back and say like whatever comes up has some like really meaningful purpose. And Mm -hmm. this is trying to help kind of the structures in which we live move forward because they were really stuck. And we're like just a society advancing so fast right now. Yeah. So that that's the purpose of it. And and that's what, what is really nice about doing personal readings with people who are, you know, going through breakups or who lost a family member or aren't satisfied in their job or whatever it is. You know, we look at the chart and we say, what's the purpose of this right now? What's the meaning of it? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's just on a, a larger scale what's happening right now. Um, we have a couple other interesting things happening. Our eclipses are happening in the Taurus Scorpio axis right now. We mm-hmm. had have an eclipse coming in, in two days. Well, this, th- this might not be published by then. So on April 30th, we have an eclipse. And then two weeks later, we'll have another eclipse. Eclipses always come in sets, at least two, sometimes three. Um, so there are lots of free astrology apps right now and a lot of free websites that people can get on. And, you know, for them just to know that those eclipses that are happening this year are happening in Taurus and in Scorpio. And my next newsletter is going to kind of go into that and help people see where that's falling in their chart because eclipses, um, I say eclipses are like life for dummies. Because eclipses, like they eclipse things out of our life that don't serve us anymore. And then they present like new gateways for us to enter into the future that we never knew about or were not open to us in the past. Mm. So eclipses do have this way of kind of like helping us where we can't help ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like pushing us into a new way of being. Yeah, I, I, I like to say if you imagine... Um, a bowling alley. And you know, if you've ever gone into a bowling alley and there have been kids bowling there before, they have the little gutter bumpers mm-hmm. yeah. so that when the kid rolls the ball, it will get all the way to the end of the alley. <laughs> uh-huh. Those bumpers are like eclipses. Hmm. You know, that's like the universe saying, no, get back more towards the center. No, that's not for you. Yet, you know, it, it's hmm. kind of guiding us so that even if we're not paying attention to all of the life signals that like, Hey, that job isn't for you anymore. (laughs) Hey, like, you know, whatever it may be, the eclipses help us out. And so there are a lot of events that usually feel faded in our lives in the area of our chart that is being affected by the eclipses. So again, this year, the eclipses are in Taurus and Scorpio, Mm -hmm. and you can look on any free, app and see where that falls in your chart. So anyone who has planets in those two signs will feel probably strongly affected by these eclipses and will feel kind of things almost magically sometimes progressing in their lives. And, Hmm. you know, it's kind of God's way of saying yes to new things and Mm -hmm. no to old things. Love it. Yeah. We also have a Mars retrograde coming later Mm -hmm. 
later this year, which you and I talked about in your reading, Mm -hmm. um, because you have that Gemini ascendant. Mm -hmm. So Mars typically takes about six weeks to travel through a Zodiac sign. Mm -hmm. When Mars goes retrograde, he will spend months in a sign. Mm -hmm. And because of the place he goes retrograde in Gemini, he will spend like, I think about seven and a half months again. Wow. Six weeks. Yeah. Mars normally spends six weeks in a sign and he will be in Gemini for over seven months. Wow. That's a big deal. And what is that? Gemini in their chart. Uh Uh-huh. Well, Mars is a, it's the fiery planet. It's the red planet. Mm -hmm. So it brings a lot of energy, a lot of activity, a lot of busyness. Mm Mm-hmm. Mars, the symbol, and we've all seen Mars, the symbol, it's the the symbol for men, right? Mm -hmm. The the male species. It's the circle with the arrow that points up, you know? And when I do a a chart, I say Mars, like this is your direction. Like that's your arrow. That's what you're headed Mm -hmm. for. That's you going out into the world and doing something. Mm -hmm. That arrow is pointed forward, right? Mm Mm-hmm. What happens when Mars goes retrograde? <laughs> oh, it's pointing backwards. You know, it's like um, Mars is that drive in us that pushes us forward in that direction of the arrow. Mm-hmm. And when Mars goes retrograde, he's spending a lot more time doing something than he originally planned. Ah. Right. Like that Mars isn't moving forward like fast and furious anymore. He's having to slow down, go backwards, redo (laughs) some things, spend a lot more time on something Mm -hmm. that he had than he had originally planned to spend. You know, that'd be like saying, "Okay, I'm going to create a masterclass. I'm going to set aside six weeks. And for this six weeks, I'm going to create this masterclass. And week seven, I think I'm going to be, you know, ready to launch it or whatever. And Mars says, no, I'm doing a retrograde later this year. (laughs) And whatever you start working on in August probably still going to be working on it come January, you know? So (laughs) that's the thing, like people with a lot of Gemini in their chart and and we're all going to have Mars go retrograde, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of this year. Hmm. And so for me, if I'm working with a client, I'm like, okay, where is Gemini in your chart? Mm -hmm. What are the projects you're planning on working on? What do you have coming up? Like, you know, come fall, because whatever it is that you put your fingers into will probably take longer than you thought it was going to take. So plan accordingly, like do not overload yourself towards the end of the year, Um, create some more space in your schedule and be more patient if stuff comes up. Yeah. You know, like we think, just at least in the Western world, we're taught to like, go make it happen without any sort of attunement to like the natural rhythm of life. And sometimes life literally does slow down. Yeah. Yeah, Well, we've experienced that in the last couple of years. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Forced forced to slow down. And and it's forced, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what can, can, it can feel like, particularly when Mars goes retrograde, kind of like a, a tires in the mud, Mm-hmm. Or like walking in quicksand sort of things. Like I'm, I'm doing as much as I can, as fast as I can, but 
you know, I feel like I'm not getting ahead or I'm not making progress. And that can be the sense of a Mars retrograde. So Hmm. hopefully anyone listening, even if they don't know where Gemini is in their chart, you know, just know we have a Mars retrograde coming at the end of the year. So be very careful about how much you have on your calendar and be really careful about underestimating how long you might take, you know, how long it might take for you to do the things that you have planned to do. Uh, come the end of this year. Wow. All right. Great advice. I mean, that's a you know perfect example of how like tangibly useful astrology can be in our lives. It's it's so fascinating because it's not just our birth chart, which is maybe what most people are familiar with. Um, you know, there's there, there's what was happening when you were born, which is super important, obviously, and impacts your whole life. And then there's I mean, the stars are always changing their position. So like what's going on now? How does it explain um, what's going on in the world and also in our individual lives? It's so interesting. And I think, you know, having frequent readings could be really um, valuable for a lot of people or, you know, yearly readings at least to sort of get a handle on these, these things to look out for. Yeah, I think so. And I think just as an entrepreneur and, and knowing how busy we all are, like how do we strategically plan our lives? How do we plot? Like, you know, one of the things is that I feel like as an entrepreneur, like there's always development, like not only are we doing the work, but like, how are we continuing to grow and development and develop it? And so we're always trying to create classes and do, you know, online workshops and, and, and all the things. And so how do we kind of know in advance what the rhythm of life looks like at Mm -hmm. any point in time? And how do we like plan for that? And then when we get in it, how do we have compassion for ourselves and how it feels to like not advance as quickly as we think we're supposed to, you know, and how do we just kind of lean into a slower pace at particular times, prepare for it and, you know, prepare for it in advance, lean into it when it gets here. Yeah. I think that's, what's really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, we have so many options and as entrepreneurs, sometimes our schedules seem vast and wide open and all the possibilities are overwhelming and all the things that we can create, but having some sort of framework to check in with like astrology, something that's like bigger than us that can help guide the direction. Um, super valuable. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here, Jules. This was a really, really juicy episode. And um, of course, like I said, anyone listening should definitely go get on her mailing list because the emails are really, really valuable. Um, and how do people find you online and do and get on your mailing list? Yeah, so um, my website is the Cosmic Gem. That's G-E-M, like a diamond, thecosmicgem.com. And if you scroll down to the bottom of, of my homepage, there's a place for you to sign up for my free newsletter. And I truly don't send a whole lot. I send like two, uh, a bi-monthly newsletter that contains a look at the upcoming astrology for the next few weeks. And I really, really try to make it practical. I really try to help people know, okay, this is what we're in for. And if you feel this way, say yes to it. What, you know, Mm -hmm. what is the, what is the gem? What is the gem? What is the value in every single moment? And that's what I want, you know, the people who receive my newsletters to know what is now a good time for, Mm -hmm. you know, what do I say yes to over the next few weeks? So yeah, you can find me at thecosmicgem.com and sign up for that newsletter. 
And Jess, I, I'm so thrilled. Uh, I love our conversation today. I hope it was helpful to some of your listeners. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would hugely appreciate it if you would leave a review and share this show with anyone you think might enjoy it. To learn more about my holistic business plan course, coaching packages, as well as branding and web design, head over to my website, jessparvin.com. You'll also find lots of free resources there, and you can contact me to set up a free 15-minute consultation.